reflect on my reflection and I ask myself the question what's the right direction to go I don't know am I a man or am I a Muppet if I'm a Muppet then I'm a very manly Muppet am I a Muppet If I'm a man, that makes me a Muppet of a man. A Muppet of a man. I look into these eyes, and I don't recognize the one I see inside. It's time for me to decide, am I a man? Bonjour, and welcome to episode two of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Today I am joined in my delightful parlour with my empty cup of tea, which makes me sad, by the delightful and absolutely splendid and quite possibly pantsless Dion. Hello, Dion. Do you have pants? Hi there, Stace. i I, I got to admit, I don't have pants on, but I've got a lovely pair of stripy pyjama bottoms. Oh, whew. that's a sort of pant if you're American, I guess. Well, so I suppose pantaloon, isn't it? You, you've done the place up, by the way, really nice. I'm liking oh, this parlour. Thanks. It's pretty Dainty good. little cups. Frilly curtains, maybe a bit too much. Maybe. Actually, mm. I've got Man United curtains up, but that wasn't my choice. Ah, is that what it is? Yeah. Is I that... wondered why scum had been written on paint over the windows. <laughs> I, I just assumed they knew you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> They're not my curtains, I, I hasten to add, because... Oh. I'm a Villa fan. That might be even worse. I don't... Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the parlour, my darling. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. So, for all those who don't know, you should, because he's lovely. The Delightful Dion has... And I'm just going to have to stop calling you Delightful. It's just the alliteration really is pretty splendid. I, I have no problem with the alliteration or the flattery. Just come up with a bit of variety. Okay. So maybe um, dishy or dainty. Dastardly. Or, yeah. Do I Dickhead. I mean, anything, really. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. <laughs> okay, I'll stop now. He has a podcast, like What With Other People and Things. Tell us about that before we start, you know, because I'm making an effort this this <laughs> to, uh, to not alienate my guest. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I've got a podcast on the Geek Syndicate Network called Scrolls. Scrolls is uh, the pod... Well, we call it the podcast for literary geekdom. 
um, myself, my beloved wife Clover, uh, and a couple of friends of ours, Matty and Phil, basically sit around and chat pretty much once a month about fantasy, sci-fi and horror books. We wander around all sorts of topics, we giggle, we're a bit filthy, occasionally we come up with intelligent and interesting points, and yeah, we just have a good laugh really, it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, good times. I think the best podcasts are the one where you can be rude, to be honest. Like, I, I think if you're not being rude, you're not being yourself. And if yourself is not rude, well, are, are you that fun to talk to? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so now that we've uh, sort of chopped a few of our listeners... Yeah, we have. Maybe maybe just cut that bit. Out. Yeah, I might do. Uh, or I might leave it in to make me sound better. So uh, we're doing this episode underwater and <laughs> we're going to get in some serious trouble because I can't swim. Right, well, I'm just going to leap right on in there. But, you know, being the kind person that I am, I'll let you go first. So have a dive in. What do you want to talk about, my dishy friend? OK, well, we, we're talking about what, the entirety of pop culture? Yeah, anything. I mean, we talked about America's Next Top Model last time, so pretty much anything's fair game. Oh, Christ. OK, what do I want to talk about? Well, I obviously saw the Muppets. <gasps> Criminy! So did I. That's in really big letters in my notebook. I don't know why I thought I'd forget the Muppets, to be honest. <laughs> no, they were just fantastic. I'm so glad you've seen it, because I knew that if I started talking about it and you hadn't, <laughs> would find it so difficult not to go, Ah, what about this bit? <laughs> and, uh... No, it's, it's one of the few times I've actually been to the cinema in recent years. I mean, I, I love going to the cinema, but I live out in the Sticks, a little village in West Wales. And we've got a little daughter who's five-ish years old. Um, it's quite hard sometimes to get a babysitter. So we've got to really make the effort if we want to go to the cinema. And the Muppets came out and we thought, well, we can definitely take Summer to see that. And she will enjoy it and we will enjoy it. And bloody hell did we enjoy it. Oh, mate. I mean, I've got to be honest, me and Rich haven't been to the cinema for ages because um, before we lived together, we both had those Cineworld cards because obviously we didn't see each other all the time because we didn't yeah. live together. So we'd have to make a concerted effort to meet up like once or twice a week. So it would mm. normally be going to the cinema. But then when we moved out and we couldn't be bothered to leave the house because we're lazy, we pretty much stopped going. But yeah, then the Muppets came out and Rich was like, if I don't go and see the Muppets, I may as well kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in an, in an attempt to you know get my husband to not murder himself we saw, i saw it last friday and um, i'm gonna be honest now and i'm probably gonna lose a lot of geek points and get a lot of slappings but um i've never actually seen an episode of the muppet show oh well, hang, on, though. hang on though how old are you i am 26 oh you see i i, I think you can probably be forgiven i mean i i reckon did, didn't they have one that came out in the late 90s called Muppets Tonight or something. I think so. It was and like I think, a revamped thing. I think Muppet Babies was around when I was youngish. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if, you, if, you've, if you've only seen them, you've not really seen the Muppets proper. Have you seen any of the other films? I've, well, this is the thing. The reason I really wanted to go and see this film was because when I was younger, I was absolutely obsessed with Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm. Um, I think I watched it probably twice every Christmas for a good, <laughs> like, six or seven years towards the middle of my childhood. But I don't know why, given that I was that obsessed with it, that I never actually sought out any previous Muppety goodness, which That's I'm crazy. thinking now is stupid because, frankly, I'm in love 
with nearly all of them. <laughs> I mean, flipping beaker. Oh, I could just, just <laughs> oh, I just want to eat his ginger. That's weird, isn't it? No, no, it's entirely, it's entirely <laughs> understandable. Beaker is actually made of chocolate as well, which makes him all the more, me, me, all the more delicious. You're going to have to track down some of the DVDs. At least two, maybe three series out on DVD now. And I had a look the other day in series one. I think it's about £10, £11. Well, I'm pretty sure Rich will want the shit out of those because yeah. he's a really big Muppets fan. Like, In fact, when I told him the other day, because he didn't know this until we went to see this film, that my only ex- prior experience of the Muppets was the Christmas Carol, he almost threw me out the window in a rush. <laughs> he full-on hulked out on me like, what are you talking about? Well, it's fantastic. And I mean, I think for me, one of the fantastic things about it is being able to then share what was basically a part of my childhood with my child. And I've been doing that more and more recently. I'll maybe talk a bit about some of the other things that I've been watching with her. But I definitely find when you watch something beloved with some one beloved who's never seen it before, it just it makes you love it even more mm. somehow. Have you ever had the experience of reading or watching something so many times that you no longer really find it as enjoyable? Yeah, completely. I mean, I was um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when I was a kid. I read so many times, watched the TV series so many times, heard the radio series, and it became predictable. Mm-hmm. But the first time I watched it with my wife, I was pissing myself all <laughs> over again. I absolutely love those books. Did you see the relatively newish film a couple of years ago? I did. And the bits that I liked the most about it were the bits that were new to the film. Right. Okay. He, he, he's always sort of changed it between sort of book and radio series um, and TV series. There are mm-hmm. bits that stay the same and bits that are new. And sometimes they come in different places. And so the bits that I was sort of familiar with, I just kind of, you know, tick the box. Yeah, that's that. Oh, Ford Prefect happens to be a black man in this one. Well, what the hell? Vogons look a bit different. Buildings look a bit different. Okay, that's interesting. Suddenly you've got entire new characters and plot points coming in. Now mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite things about it was, you know, when they're using the improbability drive on yeah. the spaceship and uh, there's a bit where they all turn into, like, knitted characters. Yeah. And uh, for my birthday a couple of years ago, a friend of mine knitted me uh, a Marvin and it's oh, lovely. quite possibly the greatest thing ever. Um, oh, I want to see a picture of that. I'll try and post one up on the blog, but I pretty much hit her with it the instant she gave it me. I was like, oh, my God, smack, this is brilliant. <laughs> she was like, wow, also, um, stop hitting me. Going back to the Muppets because... Mm. I have plenty of things to say about it. The thing that I liked the most was the fact that it made me feel like a kid again, but not in a stupid way, if that makes sense. Like, there are a lot of things I can watch that make me think, oh, I wish I was a kid. But then I I just think, right, I'm bored now. This is is just stupid. Why is it wasting my time? But it was was clever. And the songs, I mean, they're very Flight of the Concords-y, which is, you know, sensible, considering that Brett McKenzie did a lot of the uh, well, pretty much all of the stuff for it. In particular, the the Muppet or a Man song. Oh, I was I was pretty much crying. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but there's a cameo during that part that almost had me weeing myself a little bit <laughs> because, good heavens, it was good. Oh, mm. Do you know what? Brilliant, absolutely oh, brilliant. Work of genius. But I mean, what what you're saying about feeling like a child? I think hit it on the nail for me. I mean, just from the opening song where everything's sort of bright and sunshiny and they're all holding hands and dancing and singing in the streets and all this kind of stuff. I just sat there with a big grin on my face. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel remotely embarrassed. Later on, when things were getting a little bit emotional, I was maybe welling up a little bit. Oh. And I didn't really care because it just made me feel like a kid again. 
Mm-hmm. It made me feel warm and happy. And when you're sort of watching that kind of a film, it's just it's nice to be remembered of the good, re- reminded of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that Muppets have always done really well. They've got that kind of warmth and sincerity to them, as well as that total anarchic humour. Oh, I just I tell you what, I could most of the Muppets <laughs> to kidnap them and have them as my friends. <laughs> Although I do think because I've obviously got the soundtrack pretty much immediately. Yeah. I do think they missed a trick with forget you uh, and not calling it cluck you because <laughs> I, I think there's so far you can go and, and, and no further with the Muppets though. <laughs> I think I mean if if you want the filth, go watch Peter Jackson's film Meet the Feebles. You ever seen that? No, I've never heard of it. Okay, Peter Jackson, everybody knows him from The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Before that, he, he used to do quite a lot of schlock horror stuff. Bad Taste was sort of the most famous. But he did basically a schlock Muppet film called Meet the Feebles. And they, the Miss Piggy equivalent is a hippopotamus. <sighs> uh, she gets pretty pornographic uh, oh at one point. There's a lot of swearing. There's a lot of horrendous violence. And I, <laughs> I'm not entirely convinced I've seen the whole thing. But I've seen enough bits of it to right here, right now, want to go and find it and put it on. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of vile, but very funny at the same time. I can imagine. Last Halloween, we did a we did a Halloween sort of scary movie marathon, and the last film that we watched was um, is it Brain Dead? Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what an absolute like crazy mess of awesome of just bonkersness. Yeah. It's... But you're saying about filth though with the Muppets. <laughs> I mean, this isn't going to spoil anything but there was a scene where kermit was uh in his little announcer's suity thing yeah and he was like oh where's miss piggy i've got to find miss piggy and the next scene you see him looking for miss piggy and he doesn't have the suit on and i said to rich i turned to rich i said why has kermit got undressed to go and talk to piggy <laughs> <laughs> he said what's wrong with you i was like what is he just gonna go and have sex with her because this is a children's film which states just shut up stop thinking about it so i'm like yeah but why has he sometimes got clothes on i don't understand <laughs> i got a little bit confused well, it's his special announcer's costume, isn't it? Yeah, but why does he not wear clothes all the time then? Well, he's a frog. He's just, he's just free and easy. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, when, when you've got a, a, an appendage that's that sort of small, I suppose it's not so worrisome walking around with it hanging out all the time. Oh, dearie me. Sorry. I tell you what, I needed more Pepe. Yeah, well, not not an awful lot of Pepe in there. He, he's the what, shrimp prawn. Yeah, some sort of shrimpy prawn. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been sort of in the Muppets, I think, for quite a while, but always one of the background characters. Mm-hmm. I thought his bit was just absolutely hilarious. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> oh, just do you know what? I want to go and see it again. I think. Yeah, I I would like to. I mean, weirdly, I I don't think sort of plot-wise it was that strong. Um, oh, not even you know, slightly. There were so many holes, but I really didn't give a shit. No, and I I mean I I think it's just one of those films just to sort of watch and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, not wholly convinced I would watch it again on my own, but would definitely watch it again with Summer. I love it. You say that I went to the cinema to see it with my thirty-one-year-old husband and <laughs> our nearly thirty-year-old friends. So. <laughs> 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 but I, I'm not even ashamed to say that I thought it was brilliant and I would yeah. easily go and see it again. And the one thing that I did notice is mm. that Amy Adams's wardrobe was... I just want to find her stylist and kidnap them. I'm doing a lot of kidnapping this evening, I've noticed, which I should probably tone down. Well, um, I mean, I think kidnapping is fine so long as you release them back into the wild afterwards. Yeah, all I wanted to do, right, is basically throw out all of my clothes and replace them with better ones for me mm. for free. Um, I'm not asking much. No. You know, there you go. And do you know what? I am in love 
with Jason what's his face but if somebody can tell me how you pronounce his surname that'd be great okay what's his who is he the, you know the main dude, Walter's brother. Okay, right. I what his main that is that? I I am going to do a stab at this for you because I generally, generally quite good at figuring out how to say words. Isn't it just Jason Siegel? Well, I thought that, but it's apparently it's not. But nobody tells me what it is. But it can't be Segal because it's like an E L at the end, not an A L. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's just Siegel, isn't it? Well, I've decided it's Smith. All um, oh, right, Jason Smith. It, an interesting kind of spelling, yeah. Yeah, Smith. But that'll do. Uh, apparently, by the way, the Muppet Show ran from 1976, which was the year I was born, Ooh. to 1981. Ah, oh, I wasn't even a fetus then. No, were you a glint in the milkman's eye? How old are you, Stace? 26. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> people like you, you, should, you shouldn't be allowed to live. <laughs> but then there wouldn't be people like you. That's true. Oh, that's freaky. See. So you became me. No, I, I, I was you. No, I'm confused now. I don't know. Let's get back on topic. I think maybe the medicine's kicking in. <laughs> Are you just going to start rambling about crazy things now? Yeah. I can deal with that, to be fair. Oh, yeah. By the way, this apple crumble and custard is, is it yummy. Good? Do you know what? I'm not a fan of apple crumble, but I do mm. like custard, and that's what I got jealous of early when you mentioned it. This is Ambrosia Devon custard. Oh, I love Ambrosia. Uh, oh, I, hate it. I hate you. Oh, I'll get it on my pot. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can stay. Oh, thank you. Anyway, I think that's pretty much all I have to say about the Muppets. I loved it. But I am slightly concerned, though, that they're saying that they're going to make a second one, but Jason Smith <laughs> is not going to have pretty much anything to do with it at all. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. And I, I mean, the, the Muppets are the stars, aren't they? You know, he, he <laughs> did his job. He did a good job. Didn't he write it, though, or help write it? Or something? He did, but to be honest, I mean, if, if the interest is there to do more Muppet films... I'm well up for it. I'd rather, i got to say, I'd rather they actually just brought back The Muppet Show as a regular show. Mm-hmm. I think it, it works better on the small screen. I, I think their big screen stuff's been quite variable. When they've sort of adapted stories that are already there, like The Christmas Carol, some have been brilliant, some have been less brilliant. And when they've done just sort of general Muppet movies, like Muppets Take Manhattan or whatever, eh, they're all right, you know, and this latest one, I, I really enjoyed it, but plot-wise, eh, it's not that great. I just think the anarchy, the fun of it, is and always will be better on the small screen. Oh, so, definitely need to check some out now, don't I? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to be buying the Muppet Show DVDs, and they're going to be quote unquote for summer, and I'm <laughs> going to be the one that really wants to watch them. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Because I'm a shallow, shallow man. <laughs> That's about it, really. Do you want to hear some of the other things that I've been watching with Summer and pretending they're for her? Go on, go on. Okay, we got the Pink Panther cartoons. I've never watched that. Oh, it's quite funny, quite silly. I got, I got Monkey, the TV series. Which is brilliant. <laughs> Clover bought it for me for my birthday, and we're about halfway through it, and I'm fucking wetting myself every night. And Summer <laughs> loves it as well. And it's all this ying tong ying tong mouth movements with funny British accents trying to do Oriental accents dubbed basically over it and it's a silly silly humor and funny fight scenes and occasional bits of philosophy it's very good and what else what else have we been doing i can't remember i think this medicine's kicking in no i'm just gonna stop talking now <laughs> okay. well, while you have a think i'm gonna have a bit of a fangirl squee fan squee go <clears throat> because 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 
Well, that, yes. And also the fact that IDW uh, are putting out new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. And Teenage Mutant what? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm a little Sorry, bit... what are they? Oh, I just don't even... <laughs> just because I will actually cry. Okay. And I might actually storm out in my own podcast. <laughs> Aren't they the ones where there was like some sort of turtle sensei and four rats were running around eating ravioli or something? Oh, mate... Mm. Mate, I'm going to slap you cybernetically. <laughs> I, I would love to see that. I don't know how a turtle sensei will. Anyway, that's that's the difference. <laughs> um, yes, they've brought out new books and it's kind of entirely different. Okay. Which is, I think, what makes it brilliant because as much as I love the turtles and pretty much every, every incarnation of the turtles, it is so much fun because Kevin Eastman's working on it to have... It's almost like it's just completely started again afresh. And it's it's brilliant. Absolutely. Oh, I just, I can't even say enough good things about it because it... Do you want me to get Luke to come on? Because <sighs> he knows about the turtles, doesn't he? Well, he hasn't been reading it because mm. as soon as I finished, because I read um, issues, <laughs> annoyingly, I managed to miss an issue and then I got other issues and couldn't read them until I got, I think it was issue three that I've missed. So you're, you're, you're a reader of the floppies, are you? I am a reader of the floppies. I like a good floppy, teehee. <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it a crime that there are no longer floppy disks in computers you oh. can't talk about floppy disks anymore and get it wrong sometimes <laughs> it's, it's just a crime uh, really? I, I gotta be honest i've never read a teenage mutant ninja turtles comic i'm sorry do you know what i'll let um, you off i'll let you off because it is the kind of thing that Okay, how do I say? I never read the original comics because I'm pretty sure I was far too young at the time because I'm such a sprightly young thing. And what got me into the Turtles was the the 80s cartoon. cartoon, Mm, That's what I watched. Cheesy and a bit kitschy and a bit ridiculous, but also kind of amazeballs. So when I started reading comics and I started picking up Tales of the TMNT, which was, uh, I think it was Image... That was actually pretty dark and also very weird. And uh, and although some of the issues, because they were, some of them had a little art going on, but for the most part they were like one and done stories. Yeah. Um. So I kept getting it because I was just hoping that the next one would be really good. <laughs> <laughs> and there was the occasional gem, but it wasn't like I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't fit for me. But yeah. then the more I started finding out about the uh, the original Turtles comics, um, and I nabbed a few. Oh, I nabbed a trade that had a load of uh, hand-picked by Eastman and Laird um, right. comics in, and that was really good. So I thought, right, I'm into it now. I understand that they are actually a little bit dark and that maybe the cartoon probably wasn't um, fully representative. Yeah, I've I've always sort of had the understanding that the original comic series was something completely different to the 80s cartoon. Yeah. No, and it, people it, kind of going, oh, no, but you really ought to read the original. And I... Has it ever been put into proper trades? Because I've never seen it, in, like Forbidden Planet or anything. No, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think there was a plan to collect it, but then something stopped them. Some sort of rights issue, <laughs> and, and I can't quite remember the actual story. And I think that's why they ended up releasing that trade with sort of hand-picked right. stories in. Because I mean, I've only ever read the stories that were in there, and I've read issue one because they did like a. I can't remember the exact year, but it was a somethingth anniversary mm. <laughs> reprint a couple of years ago, and it was pretty splendid. But this new stuff, I mean, if you're familiar with the cartoon, you'll probably be familiar with a lot of the characters. 
Baxter Stockman is a guy who owns like a biological research facility. He's a black dude, which I've got absolutely no problem with. And it kind of bothered me that I saw somebody on the internet go, oh, his colour has absolutely no relevance to the character. So why bother changing it? And I just thought, if his colour has no relevance, why are you offended? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Plus, it's like it's practically a reboot of the mm. this thing. So it doesn't just treat it as a new thing it's not anyway Mm. getting mad at people who have problems for no reason the only thing i'm not keen on because i've read issues one to six so far and they're also doing like a mini series thing of um four issues it's going to be a story about each turtle right and the first one that was out was the Raphael issue and i've read that as well and it is just i mean i can't even put into words because i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read it if you are a fan of the turtles go and read it because although it is entirely it's like an entirely different beast it is still utterly brilliant the only thing i'm not so keen on is the new origin of the turtles themselves because I mean, the, the commonly accepted version is that the turtles kind of fell into this mutagen and uh, were trained by Splinter, who <laughs> was a rat who used to belong to a ninja sensei. I mean, <laughs> it's, all, it's all very convoluted. I, I love, I love how you're saying this, and, and it's almost like you're you're suddenly realising actually that sounds a bit silly. <laughs> it is no, it's absolutely ludicrous. It is the rat who learnt food from his previous owner gets turned part human and teaches a bunch of part human turtles i mean it makes literally no sense oh do you know muppets are completely understandable obviously that's fine absolutely fine i am actually going to spoil this massively now so for anybody who's reading the turtles comics and doesn't want to know this turn off for like the next maybe um the the new origin of the turtles is that it's hamato yoshi and his four sons reincarnated into the bodies of a rat and four turtles okay and I don't know why I don't really like it. Sorry, I'm really ignorant. Who's Harata Yoshi? He is the guy who, in the cartoons... Um, well, oh, see, I can't remember in the cartoons whether Harata Yoshi turned <coughs> into Splinter and that it was the comics and the films where Harata Yoshi actually owned the rat that became Splinter. Pretty sure in the films there's a scene where you see Splinter, the rat, practising kung fu whilst watching yeah, somebody else. Yeah, in his little cage. It's the somebody else he's watching, then right. it's that guy. And in, in the films and the, and the old comics, I'm pretty sure that he didn't have sons, but I could be talking shit there because I don't... I've got a terrible memory and I haven't seen the films for at least 20 minutes. I do tend to watch the Turtles films at least once a year. So. No! Like, even the third one? Even the third one, and no. then the CGI one, and now, after they released it, like, was it a year or two ago, Turtles Forever, which is, like, the greatest thing in the world, and you should all watch it now. <laughs> What's Turtles Forever? Turtles Forever, is a, it was a feature-length cartoon that was on, I can't remember if it was Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or something, where the 2002 or three, whenever it was, Cartoon Turtles end up meeting the 80s cartoon turtles oh my god <laughs> it, turns, it turns out that 80s shredder meets up with like 2002 shredder and stuff and they conspire this plot uh with krang and stuff to because they figured out that there's all these different sort of multiverses where there's different incarnations of themselves and the turtles so they figure if they can find the original one and destroy it they will destroy the world and all the turtles so it's about the turtles trying to stop Shredder from finding the turtles prime, as it were. Okay. It I, I'm just going to take some more medicine. 
it seems awful, but honestly, it's the, it's the greatest thing ever, just because of how ridiculous Michelangelo is throughout the whole thing. In all incarnations, the only thing that all of the turtles ever agree on is how irritating Mikey is. <laughs> They're all just going, oh, fuck's sake, Mikey. Except, you know, with, it, with less swearing. And that is, that is brilliant. I feel like we've strayed from the plot again here. I, I think we've slightly, marginally moved away. Let's get back to the turtles. Yeah, long story short, <laughs> buy these books. They're great. And the thing I like the most about them at the moment is that there are still there are characters that have been introduced, like characters that we know, but we still don't know everything about the new version of them, as it were. So that's really intriguing, like particularly Krang. I can't wait to, to be introduced to new Krang because he's been hinted at that he's been sort of commissioning these experiments on turtles and ting, but you've never actually seen him. And so I just like, oh, now I'm right on the edge of my seat. And um, yeah, I mean, to actually review the issues themselves, <laughs> the writing is pretty brilliant. The main issues were written by um, Kevin Eastman and a dude called Tom Wolves, who I've never heard of before. And the art's by a guy called Dan Duncan. And the art is brilliant because it's it's like a happy medium between sort of almost typical cartoony, comic-y art and sort of scratchy-scratchy serious. So you, you can tell there's a little bit more, maybe not darkness, but a bit more, you know, it's it's not cheesy 80s turtles. Would uh, you kind of describe it as an all-ages comic or would you say it's more for sort of... Um, people who maybe saw the cartoon as a kid and grew up or an adult comic? I wouldn't go as far as to say it was an adult comic. I mean, there's no... The violence in it is pretty minimal and very sort of shadowy ninja-y, mm. stealth-tastic, as it were. But I wouldn't... I wouldn't. I don't think I'd say it was all ages simply because of... It's not. It's hardly complicated, but it's, it's definitely not written in a way a child might particularly understand, if you know... Yeah. It's not. There's nothing in it particularly that would offend children, but I can't see them being hooked by it because it's not that exciting. Black and white or colour? It's in colour, but the colours are quite muted, mm. um, and there's a lot of dark colours going on in there. So it's not. It's not like Tiny Titans where you open it up and you're like, ah, "How cute is this? Look at all the exciting colours and tiny people and how aren't they sweet?" <laughs> Which is pretty much what I do whenever I look at Tiny Titans. Yeah, I bought the first two trades of them for for summer. Yeah. And she absolutely loves them. It's, it's quite weird that she knows some of these characters that actually I don't know. Because I'm not, I'm not a huge sort of DC reader. I read the odd trade, you know, if something comes along. If it's, if it's cheap or in the library or somebody lends it to me. But I don't tend to sort of go out and, and seek out that kind of thing. But I got the Tiny Titans on recommendation from uh, the girls from Geek Dress. Oh, I love them. And they're, they're quite a lot of fun. I like them a lot. Yeah, I did actually. Speaking of DC trades, I got at Thought Bubble four trades of Brave and the Bold. Ah, okay. It's quite an interesting one. I mean, I I keep hearing about the cartoon series Batman the Brave and the Bold and how fun that is. And I I got to be honest, these were like a fiver each. And I thought, oh, I'll have them because I've heard Batman the Brave and the Bold is great and lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out it's not Batman the Brave and the Bold. It's just the Brave and the Bold. Uh-huh. And the idea being that although it's great to have superheroes teaming up, why have boring old Batman in the mix all the time? I think that's the idea anyway. So um, you've got these kind of ongoing stories, but each issue it will pair up a different pair of characters. Oh. It's all right. It's sort of quite serviceable. It's quite fun. The plots are a bit convoluted some of the characters i'm very familiar with some of them i've never heard of let alone seen before you heard of the challenges of the unknown 
Nope. <laughs> I'd never heard of them before either, but they've got purple lycra pants. They're yes. Fantastic. Yeah, it's all right, actually. I've got to say, I'm not sure if I would have, would have wanted to spend more than a fiver per trade on them, and I'm not sure how many times I'm likely in the future to go back and read them. Mm-hmm. But it, it sort of, I guess it reminded me of what superhero comics are about. I mean, it's proper superheroics doing proper crazy shit with intergalactic stuff and interdimensional what's-its and, you know, lots of primary colours and, and fab costumes. Quite good character interplay, I've got to say. A lot more sort of mature and interesting than I thought it would be. But it's sort of highlighted to me that maybe superhero comics aren't my thing. Mm-hmm. I've been doing for the Geek Syndicate website some reviews of some books published by Cinebook. They basically translate and publish Belgian and French comics. It's quite weird because it's different. It's entirely different to the Marvel DC type stuff in so many different ways. It's um, They've got quite a lot of genres from sort of kiddie stuff through to real sort of dark, gruesome stuff. Quite a lot of it is... Ooh, how to describe it. There's a lot of sort of spy shenanigans on. There's a, a great series called 13, well, X-I-I-I, uh, which was probably listeners may may have seen as a computer game a few years back on the PlayStation 2. And it's very much sort of inspired from the Bourne Identity kind of stuff. Um, there's a cracking book that I've just finished called The Scorpion, um, which is nothing to do with the, the Spider-Man villain. It's... Um, <laughs> It's kind of like a, a relic hunter back in sort of 17th century Rome. Uh, and it's all swashbuckling and sort of thigh-high leather boots and riding on horses. Ah! Oh, cracking stuff. A, a lot of fun. And it's it, it's kind of a, a reminder to me that comics are more than just capes and tights. There, there's been some really interesting stuff coming out of there. Some stuff not so high quality. I'm not fussed with Lukey Luke or Lucky Luke. Uh, as he's known, he's like a cowboy character. There was a Wright Brothers biopic. Um, you know, let's watch some tedious men building a tedious machine and, and flying it <laughs> tediously. I, I, I really wasn't too bothered with that one. I was just going to say, so that was your favourite then, obviously. No. Um, you know, so there's some hit and miss, but it, it's kind of nice to see the medium explored a, a little bit wider. Mm-hmm. And of course, recently I picked up Hellboy, volume 10. Hellboy. Yeah, it's nothing serious in your book, but oh, Hellboy is very, 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 very good. Oh, Have you been reading BPRD as well? Well, I was for a while, but because um, Rich used to collect it, but then he yeah. stopped. And so I've been meaning to pick it up in trade, but I haven't. So I oh, haven't read it for a while. Definitely worth it. I got Well, I've got the first 10 trades of Hellboy and the first 10 trades of BPRD. And basically, if anybody ever gives me money for birthday or Christmas presents, I will always pick up another trade. Always. It's so good. I'll tell you another one that's fantastic, and that is published by Marvel, um, the Dark Tower series. Oh, is that the um, Stephen King's? <laughs> yeah, the Dark Tower, Stephen King. When I was a kid, I picked up the first of the novels called The Gunslinger, and I've been basically loving those books ever since. And I, I mean, I think literally this month he's brought out another one, so it's been 20 years at least he's been writing these stories oh really how many books are there then in total now because i'm just looking at our shelf and i can see that rich has a lot of these books and maybe i should read them oh you should definitely read them he's They're got written. one two three four five six seven of them on this shelf well the eighth one kind of it's sort of slots between i think the fourth and the fifth or maybe the fifth and the sixth right uh, but it will sort of 
reveal a bit more stuff okay. in the world. But these are a great series of books, and what, what they've done with the comics is basically fill in yet more gaps whilst also you know giving us giving us the stories as we know them as well. Mm-hmm. The artwork is absolutely unbelievably good. Beautiful line work, gorgeous colours. I haven't got them by my side, so I can't tell you who's involved with them. But I do know that the, I think from the sixth trade onwards, Sean Phillips, who did Criminal, mm-hmm. is involved. Oh, crap. I feel awful. I really should have written this stuff down. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, actually, I, I got one trade just the other day through the post, and that's within reaching distance. Uh, this Little Sisters of Illuria which is based on one of his short stories, is... see who's involved with that one. Richard Isanove, or Isanove. Do you know him? What? Sort he of. Did Wolverine Origin, Daredevil Father, and Neil Gaiman's 1602. I love 1602. Oh, I still need to read that. Oh, that is a brilliant graphic novel. That is a brilliant one. Some of the ones that they did following on from it, not quite so good, but that first one is absolute class in a glass. The artist is Luke Ross, who did Sensational Spider-Man, X-Men, Green Lantern, JSA, uh, Captain America. So he's been around. I say he's a bit of a tart, isn't he? He's he's been tapped to do the movie prequel, Captain America First Vengeance as well. Mm. Peter David is involved, who everyone knows from The Hulk. And whenever anybody mentions Peter David, they always go, oh, and he did that brilliant series on The Hulk. No matter how long ago it was, I think in the 80s or 90s. But he's good. And ah, uh, it's it's just a glorious thing to behold. I've been buying them all in hardback because I just I just love them. They're so beautiful and, and quite horrible. It's for anybody who doesn't know the story, by the way, because I realise I've totally failed to mention it. It's basically if you think of the Clint Eastwood character from Fistful of Dollars, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and that lot. If you think about that kind of cowboy character in a post-apocalyptic world with a plot kind of along the lines of Lord of the Rings, right. <laughs> That, that's to kind of give you a sense of style and scope. I mean, it's a massive story. The Western stuff is awesome. You can't beat a good gunslinger. And there's sort of mutants and demons and all sorts of shenanigans going on. And it just gets weirder and weirder as it goes on. And the best stuff is still to come. We're still very much at the early stages of the story. So, uh, yeah, definitely seek out the Dark Tower books published by Marvel. And the Stephen King novels are pretty damn good too. Well, cause since I'm looking at them, I might read those. There, I mean, I'm currently in the middle of um, World War Z or World War Z, depending on which part of the world you come from. Oh, uh, is that funny. Max Barry one. Uh, yeah, no, not Max Barry. Max. No, it's Max something, isn't it? What is his name? It's Mel Brooks's son. It's Max Brooks. Max Power. <laughs> Max Power. Max Brooks. <laughs> yeah, I'm halfway through that because I was originally reading it on Kindle, um, and it wasn't making a whole lot of sense to me. And the reason was that whoever had or however it had got sort of formatted for kindle they've missed out all the footnotes oh for fuck's um, sake and there's a lot of fucking footnotes in that book and a lot of them like really make a difference to your understanding of what's actually happening oh god <laughs> so um so at first i was just thinking it was, i did yeah but it was only like i think it was a couple of quid uh, but then somebody bought me an actual copy for my birthday oh so that's I, all right then so i started reading it 
oh, terribly enough, I started reading it last year, but then I just keep getting distracted by comics. <laughs> <laughs> so I do really need to finish that. Mm. It's quite hard going, though. It's a bit depressing, but obviously, you know, it's about zombies, so it's not going to be all smiles and flowers, really, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Speaking of zombies, <laughs> I would like to entirely retract everything I said last week about The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah? Well, last week, it was last month, last yeah, yeah. podcast. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but I watched Sunday night's episode today, about half an hour before we started recording. And the last few episodes, like the ones that have been on since I put that episode out, have been fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to have to catch up. I saw the first series. I haven't seen any of this second series at all. Well, the, the first series bothered me because I don't mind things straying from the books as long as there's a reason for it. But it entirely strayed from the books, but didn't really go anywhere with where it, what it was doing. Ah, uh, so in the second series, there's, there's, that's not taking it forward anywhere? Not even a little bit. Oh, no, okay. not even a little bit. And I struggled with the first half of the second series because it was very slow, which I know is a common complaint for The Walking Dead. But I was discussing this on Twitter earlier with, uh, with Daryl, and I was saying that the problem with The Walking Dead is that if you are the kind of person who just wants zombies all up in your grill, you're not going to like it. But by the same token, I don't just want sort of the character building stuff like the character stuff is you know the bread and butter of the whole thing yeah but i still need some action filling or it's going to be the world's shitty sandwich which is a bizarre analogy i know but it makes some sort of sense um, <laughs> and i think the first half of series two just had far too much sort of character building stuff and just didn't really do anything so that when there was action i was like oh i need more of it please please give me mm. some more of it and they didn't but the last like four or five episodes have really got the balance down now between sort of the, the character building stuff and the suspense building and things. Yeah, I, th- I think the suspense is key to it rather than necessarily the action. When the action happens, you want to be terrified. Yeah. But I think I think like with all of these sort of zombie zombie films, right back from the sort of the Romeros, you know, up up to date. If you watch too many of them, or if you just you know see wave after wave of zombies coming at you, they stop being terrifying. Yeah. You know, the 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 thing for me that's scary about them is you can never rest because they will keep on coming. Mm-hmm. And you might think you're safe, but you've only got to lower your guard and they're going to be there. And it only takes one. Yeah. <laughs> it only You don't have to be like swamped by a horde to get overwhelmed by a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, gosh. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you because the last few episodes have been so good, but if yeah. you have the opportunity to catch up, do. Because... I definitely will. I've, I've got to catch up with the comics as well, actually. I, I'm a terrible person. Because if I can get something for free, I will. And I've been at the local library getting the Walking Dead um, extra size hardback trades. Oh, the fancy pants black ones. Yeah. And oh, gorgeous books to behold again. Aren't they? Um, But I've stopped working in that place now. I now work in an entirely different place. And so I read, I think, the first five of those extra big trades, which I I guess is the first ten paperback trades. Roughly about that, I think, yeah. Yeah. and I haven't got any further, and I don't know how far it is now. I don't know how much I've missed out on. I think the either the sixth or the seventh fancy hardback just came out not long. Right. Oh, um, so I'm not too far behind then. And I think they're about they tend to be about twenty odd issues behind. I think yeah. <laughs> possibly something like that. I lose I lose track because I buy the fancy pants hardbacks, but I also read it 
as it comes out. Do you pay twice for it? I just, I absolutely, yeah, I just absolutely love those fancy pants hardbacks. They are But I can't, I can't not know what's going on. Uh, (laughs) I I guess in a way that's where if if they can make the digital downloads a bit cheaper, they could sort of still sell the floppies successfully. Mm Mm-hmm. For people who want to keep up to date. Well, the, the thing that I do is that the fancy pants hardbacks go straight on my Amazon <laughs> wish list. So, so I tend to get those as gifts for Christmas or birthdays. Yeah. Oh, they are gorgeous. They are nice. I tell you what, my uh, my num- my volume one of those has a, a doodle in it by Charlie Adlard as well. Oh, very nice. Which, uh, makes my day because that, that was the one that I um I got from him when I was all hyped up on caffeine at yeah. uh, Birmingham Con a couple of years ago after I did an experiment for the Science of Superheroes panel. <laughs> <laughs> Which was drink five litres of coffee. Well, it was it was basically, they were, it was my friend Carl, mm. who's absolutely bloody lovely and an absolutely chuffingly, amazingly intelligent scientist man. Did, did he do um, a podcast? He did, yes, like a sort of science-y... Uh, uh, I forget yeah. what it's called. I'm sorry, Carl. I love you. But I listened did, to that. I really liked it. Yeah, it was good. He did a panel about the science of superheroes, and he was doing a, a, a sort of bit on super soldier serum. And what he did was he took a response test, like a, a reaction time test on me at the start of the panel, which was terrible because I'd been out to the sort of like launch party type thing the night before, got pissed off my face, stayed up till 4.30 in the morning talking to Barry and Dave uh, in the <laughs> about awesome things. Mm. And then got there for this panel at like nine, ten o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. Uh, and I, the, the test was that he held up a metre long stick just above my open hands and said... I'm going to drop this and you catch it as quickly as you can. And I almost missed the chuffing thing. I was so slow. And then he gave me an absolute bottom load of Red Bull. Yeah. And then said, we'll test your reactions again just before the end of the panel. But at the time, I wasn't really on much caffeine. I didn't drink coffee. I wasn't a big tea person. And I didn't particularly like energy drinks or anything. So I spent pretty much the rest of that afternoon twitching and flailing and sort of (laughs) staring around like (laughs) looking all over the room. And I think Charlie Adlock thought there was something wrong with me when I was sitting in the queue waiting to get my book signed because he asked me if I was okay and I like furiously nodded like, yes, of course, why? What would be wrong? (laughs) And uh, yeah, so he just drew a little zombie and sent me on my way. Twitching. At least it was a Walking Dead related thing. I mean, he could have drawn something like Cock and Ball Man, and that would have been terrible. Yeah, he could have, like somebody else hasn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Call yourself a friend. <laughs> All right. I, I will do at some point. I feel like I should explain this. All no, don't. It's, it's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, back on track. Um, yeah. I want to talk about the return of the 12. <laughs> I think we need to. Who are the 12 and why are they coming back? <laughs> The Twelve it was uh, a comic that started, I want to say, in like 2006 or 2007. And it was supposed to run for 12 issues. It was by J. Michael Strzyzkowski. And, uh, right. <laughs> you know what I mean, Strzyzkowski. <coughs> yeah, Babylon 5 guy. I can't pronounce words, but yeah. Strzyzkowski. There you go. And, um, and the art was by Chris Weston. And it was about 12 sort of wartime superheroes who get captured by evil Nazi German people or something and Mm. cryogenically frozen in a bunker so that they might be experimented on at a a different time. But then a bomb goes off and sort of 
buries the bunker and they get found again in um, sort of 2006, 2007, whenever it was that the comet was coming out. And it's all about how they're adjusting to the modern world and there's also a bit of a sort of conspiracy type dealio going on. And the comic, it went up to issue eight and then Straczynski went off and wrote a load of films. Oh. Western went off and drew a load of other books. And it went on hiatus and it was supposed to come back in like 2009 and it didn't. And then it was supposed to come back in 2010 and it didn't. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, I got a message on Twitter from someone that just said, did you know the 12 issue 9 is out this week? And I was like... <laughs> what i've entirely forgotten about this book what is it and i had to go and wikipedia it so i actually remembered what was going on who who publishes the 12 i think it's a marvel book but i could be talking from my underpants there so i will just check on that is but it I've, is it sort of set within the established marvel universe or do they just happen to be publishing it i think they just happen to be publishing it because i don't think it's um because it would be a little bit too similar to the story of Captain America anyway, really, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, Cap like, and the Winter Soldier and all that kind of frozen, stuff. Frozen heroes popping back up. I mean, what the jazz? Yeah. I mean, I've no problem with it because I think, well, for instance, you know, the Dark Tower series, if the Hulk turned up in that, I'd be pretty pissed off. You want to keep it separate. But I don't mind Marvel publishing it because they've got, you know, the money to throw behind it and pull off a damn good series. I'd be more interested in the 12 if it's nothing to do with the general Marvel universe. Then if suddenly you've got people popping in and popping out and all go and buy that book as well, so you know what's going on then. Looking at it, it is a Marvel comic, but yeah. the only sort of thing that's popped up that sort of even links to the Marvel universe is that one of the the heroes that gets unfrozen is uh, is called the Phantom Reporter, uh, and he's he's basically like a well-armed journalist. <laughs> Right. He uncovers shit and then he punches it in his face. Um, <laughs> and he starts uh, he starts writing a column for the Daily Bugle. Okay. And I think that's pretty much the only real link to the Marvel Universe. I mean, the, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I think it's a completely bizarre thing to just have it appear. And like I just didn't even know it was coming back. I mean, to be fair, I am terrible at keeping up with this sort of news. But it just seemed like it was a, an entirely not publicised thing, which is just really weird to me because it was quite a big deal at the time. I mean, I was really, really enjoying it when it first came out. Yeah. But obviously having like a, th- a three-year gap or whatever it was <laughs> has, uh, has somewhat dampened the excitement because I've pretty much forgotten entirely what happened. Um, yeah, so I guess you, what you you've got all of the previous issues though. I have, yeah, but I just couldn't be bothered to find the time to dig them out. And, <laughs> and I did go on Wikipedia and read what was going on, but my biggest issue was that I'd forgotten what the characters looked like. And even though it has at the start, because they used to do this with like the JLA and the JSA, like little yeah. pictures of who everybody is with a little note underneath about who they are and what they did. Oh, just like. to remind you, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, once I've turned that page, I've forgotten again. <laughs> when I'm not directly looking at it, I don't remember. So oh, I had a you bit were of goldfish. I am pretty rubbish at memory. <laughs> like, genuinely terrible. I mean, there are a couple that you can... Like, there's a guy in it called the Blue Blade, and he's got this sort of mad, sort of almost Shakespearean kind of poofy blue outfit with a... It's always brandishing a rapier and stuff and yeah. twatting about with a feather in his hat. So he's pretty pretty noticeable. And there's only one woman, so I couldn't really get her confused. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's so good. It is so, so good. I just really wish there hadn't been this massive gap. And also, I'm going to say something really controversial here. Mm. I don't really like Chris Weston's art. And I know of at least two people within my circle of friends who are probably going to slap me for that comment. <laughs> <laughs> but well, well, what would I know Chris Weston from? Or what um, might I know him from? Let me, let me just look him up, because obviously my memory is so terrible. 
that uh got this horrible guilt now because I'm not a huge comic book reader and I'm thinking I, I, I don't really know any of this apparently he was on Judge Dredd for a while but it doesn't say when he did some work on Swamp Thing okay The Invisibles Starman JSA Lucifer The Filth Ministry of Space I've not heard of a lot of these things <laughs> no well, I've, I've kind of heard of but not necessarily read mm-hmm. I think I've read um, one Starman trade uh, I've read a few Judge Dreads over the years, but not not a huge amount. And I don't know about the JSA. Did you say? I thought that was some sort of yeah pop group. <laughs> Could be wrong. Oh dear, that would be awful. Just looking at this Wikipedia entry, though, apparently the twelve superheroes who are uh, who are cryogenically frozen and then awoken are from the old sort of timely comics age. Ooh. If that helps intrigue you anymore, I do highly recommend it because I do think it is really good. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, maybe just wait until they finish because God knows when that'll be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's I'm one of those things. They come out regularly now, and that because I mean, there's only sort of three issues left. Yeah. Um, and it would be nice to have some closure. <laughs> I think it's it's one of those things like planetary. Where I mean, for years I was hearing about planetary this, planetary that, and it was like three trades out, and the story clearly wasn't finished. And were they ever actually going to go back and finish it? For years, I just I, I didn't want to commit myself because I thought if it really is that great and the story is never going to be finished, I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> and thankfully, they've finally done the last one, so I've actually started getting the trades now mm-hmm. and really enjoying it. But yeah, I think with uh, mate, I, I tell you what, you're coming to Thought Bubble, are you this year? I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think I'll be able to afford it. Isn't, isn't it quite near to you? No. Being semi-north and semi-middle? Mm, not near enough that I, it wouldn't cost me money to get there. <laughs> uh, well, if you could come, you see, then you could just bring all of these stuff that you think I ought to read and, and just I, I'll steal them from you and read them and, and, and maybe give them back. I, I, I don't know. Well, I'd like <laughs> to give some of them back. Well, I think you need to be coming to Thought Bubble. Uh, do you know I'm what? I really, really want session. to. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yes. So the 12th. Just, just read it, everybody. But maybe, maybe wait until issue twelve comes out because there might be another massive hiatus, and you might get really bored of waiting. <laughs> Have you got at your place a uh, PlayStation Three? We has, yeah. Have you got Netflix on it? We have, yeah. Have you spent any time browsing through? Yeah, quite a lot. So, Come on then, what do you reckon to Netflix at the moment? Is it doing a good job, or is it a bit of a disappointment? No, I'm, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it because I have been watching some American TV shows, which weirdly are on British Netflix. <laughs> like what? What, what well, have you watched? The, the one that uh, particularly stands out as being kind of hilarious is The League. don't know if you've ever heard of that. I've not. What, what's The League about? The League is about a group of guys who are doing a fantasy football league. Which sounds awful if you're not into football, but actually the jokes are much more based around them and their friendships and stuff than it is actually about football. I mean, if you happen to know a little bit about American football, that kind of helps, but... It's American football, not football football. Yeah, yeah, it's American. Oh my God, I'm getting more and more confused. Okay. <laughs> let me let me just take another hit of medicine. The League has got a guy named John Lejoie in it. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's like a guy, he does a lot of like YouTube videos, like spoofy music videos, and he did one that did the rounds a couple of years ago called Everyday Normal Guy. Right. Which is kind of a hilarious piece of awesome. Everyday Normal Guy. I'm writing this down. Do it. It's this quite... is why it's good to go to Stace Bob's parlour because you get all sorts of recommendations. The, the thing about the league is that it can get quite, uh, shall we say, vulgar. Yeah, let's say vulgar because it is. 
But I absolutely love that because it's just ridiculous men being ridiculous, and I love it. But the other thing I was watching as well is um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you've ever seen that either. No. That is completely offensive. If you are offended <laughs> by vulgarity, abortion jokes, Nazi jokes, pretty much any kind of joke that <laughs> shouldn't get told, probably shouldn't watch this. Okay. Um, however, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, like, terrible, below-the-belt humour. <laughs> That's the kind of girl I am. So, you know... <laughs> I managed to get Summer on Netflix to watch the entire run of the X-Men cartoons. Sweet. She loved them to bits. She's watching the Spider-Man stuff from the 90s now. Oh, I've got some of those on DVD. I really need to watch them. <laughs> oh, they're great. They're great. And I've just started getting into The Last Airbender on there as well. Oh, that's that's something. See, there's just too many things in the world I need to watch. I need to like just get a job where I have to watch TV all the day. Yeah, and we. I gotta say, I mean, we we started up on the Netflix, and I was thinking at first, oh, it doesn't look like a great selection. And I went through painstakingly jotting down the things that I definitely did want to watch, and the things that I wouldn't mind watching. And by the time I got to the end of it, there was quite a lot, and it's you know it's being added to fairly regularly. So I think it's actually probably worth the money for us. Which I didn't think I'd ever say because I'm a bit of a tight ass when it comes to things. I've been resisting Sky for years. Thinking, oh, I don't watch enough telly to make it worthwhile. But with Netflix, what is it, five a month or something? Something like that, yeah. I hope those bastards are going to pay me for all of this sponsorship. But I, <laughs> I think it's really good. I, I've been really impressed. And I tell you what else has impressed me is the streaming. You know, because, I, I mean, this is the first time I've actually streamed anything and it's actually seemed like, you know, it's not a problem to have streamed. It's not buffering all the time. It's not pausing. It's, it's just playing any time of day or night. Anything else on there that's caught your attention? I'm sure there is, but I just can't remember what it... We've watched a couple of films. Mm. can't remember what the one was called, but it had Ed Helms and... Shit, what is that guy's name? Balls. I can't remember his name even slightly, but it had Ed Helms in it, and he went on some kind of business trip, and things went a bit awry, and that was quite good. can't remember what it's called. can't remember who was in it, so, you know, maybe ignore me. We saw, um, we saw Chicago, was that... which is all right. Is that the one with all that jazz? Yeah, it's the one with all that jazz. And if you've seen the trailer, you've basically seen the yeah. film. Yeah, I you know. figured as much. Weirdly, not half as sexy a film as you'd think. Really? Because it, it looks pretty sexy. Well, you know, they're all wearing next to nothing, you know, garters and all that kind of stuff. But it it's not sexy, really, in any way, shape or form. I was a bit gutted. I, I, I might have to put on secret... Secret Diary of a Cool Girl or something like that instead. You know, shh, yeah. don't tell Clover. I tell you what's awful about it, actually. You watch anything on there, and it goes straight into the menu of recently watched. Oh, see, we, what we've been oh. getting is recommendations based on you recently watched. Well, yeah, there's that as well. And the thing is, if you want to watch something and you don't necessarily want other people to know you've been perving, I mean watching... <laughs> <laughs> You've got no way to hide it. I sent an email on behalf of my wife, who obviously wanted to watch something that she didn't want me to know about, <clears throat> to ask if there was a way that you could remove that, and there's not. Oh. There's nothing you can do. Well, that's a bit rude. So I, I think maybe maybe Secret Diary of the Cool Girl won't get watched, or yeah. will have to shamelessly be watched, and I find it quite hard to do things without shame. <laughs> Well, the, getting off the topic of porn for a little while, yeah. 
Although there is Batman porn, so just saying. What? You don't know about Batman Triple X? Do I want to know about Batman Triple X? Possibly not. I have never watched a porn film in my entire life. And when I found out about that, I said to Rich, I'd be very intrigued just to see a little bit, just to see what on earth it was like. So, so obviously he got a hold of it. And uh, and we could not stop laughing because there is a scene where Batman and Robin are essentially pleasuring themselves onto Catwoman's face. And, uh, well, you know, Robin gets her in the eye and quite unceremoniously tries to jab it out with his thumb. And it's just, we were tiddling that. I mean, I was like, Rich, you've got to turn this off. A, because penises are hilarious. And B, because I cannot watch this, it's disgusting. And also C, that poor woman's eye. <laughs> it's, it's awful. And plus, that apparently, I mean, I didn't, that was the only scene I watched. But Rich was saying there's a bit in it where... Was it the Riddler or the... I think it was the Riddler uh, has sex with, like, somebody but doesn't stop maniacally laughing all the way through, which is just kind of terrifying. That is awful. Yeah. But um, getting off the topic of porn, as I was trying to do, Rich, a while ago, I made a list of things I wanted to do before I was 30. And one of the things I wanted to do was watch more films, but that was a little bit sort of (laughs) unmeasurable. So Rich created me a list of 50 films that uh, he thinks I should watch before I'm 30. So I've been using Netflix to to get a hold of those without being illegal or paying money for them. (laughs) What ones of your top 50 are on Netflix? Quite a lot of them, actually. I can't remember exactly what is on Netflix. I can't, do you know, I can't even remember what's on the flipping list. <laughs> I'll have to have that prepared next time, just in case anyone asks. <laughs> next month on Steve Bob's Parlour. Yeah. Next month on the Parlour, I'll tell you about some of the films I still haven't watched, because I'm crap. <laughs> I am crap at films. The problem is, a lot of the films that he's put on the list are uh, quite heavy-going films. And yeah. so, when you don't like sort of sit down with the intention of watching quite a heavy going film you don't really want to put one on <laughs> no, I know watched, what you mean. Um, we watched the godfather at mm. some point last year and uh and godfather 2 is on rich's list as well and he said you know we should probably watch that soon and i was like do you know what i really enjoy godfather but i just can't do it right now <laughs> and i still haven't watched two yet i gotta say with the godfather films it's one of those series that everybody goes, oh, you must see. Oh, they're so brilliant. And I picked up the box set of the three films, HMB, a few years back. I think it was only a tenner or something like that. And I couldn't see what all the fuss was about. It sounds I thought awful. the first one was good. I, I don't know whether maybe my expectations were a bit too high given the hype surrounding mm. it. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. but I think it's good to go back sometimes and see some of these sort of classics. But... I think your response has got to be your own response, isn't it? And if you if you end up thinking, oh, it's all right, not my cup of tea, well, people might think you're a bit of a philistine, but it's an honest response, isn't it? To, well, you to can't whatever like it everything, is. can you? So no, but you do like the Planet of the Apes, don't you? Um, I've never watched it because the monkeys frighten me. You you must you must watch Planet of the Apes, the the original <laughs> no, Planet of the Apes. But those those monkeys frighten me. I can't. The I cannot. masks. Yeah, I know, and the masks really frighten me. <laughs> I can't I actually can't I've never been able to I've I've never got further than about 10 minutes into any part of that that has monkeys in and I can't get through Return to Oz because of the wheelies oh, and other I, things in the film that are terrifying and I can't watch E.T. or Gremlins oh I feel awful for you now whatever you do then don't watch Ink why because the baddies in that are creepy as fuck really yeah, I'll, I'll avoid that one then <laughs> They've got, like, these sort of screens in front of their faces. And instead of seeing their faces, you see sort of the projected image of their face on the screen. 
They're too smiley, if you know what I mean. Their smiles are scary. Oh, I don't like it. Don't watch that. Don't watch that. But watch Planet of the Apes. Just cover your eyes if you don't have a monkey comes on the screen. <laughs> I won't really be watching Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I did watch Rise of the Planet of the Apes, if that helps. <laughs> now, that was a damn good film. It was pretty good, actually. I would really like to see. I, I think they're doing a sequel to that now, a follow-up. I'd love to see what they're going to do with that. Am I right in thinking John Lithgow was in that, or have I just invented it? He was in that. He, he, was, he played yeah. the dad of the scientist, who, and he suffered from Alzheimer's. Oh, Alzheimer's, yes, that's the guy. Yeah. I'm just thinking I might be getting my names confused, you see, because I am stupid. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. Um, He's a weird actor, actually, because for years I always associated him as being a scary fucker. Mm-hmm. And then Third Rock from the Sun came out, <laughs> and I forgot about him being a scary fucker and just thought of him as being a, a bumbling, funny guy. And every so often, he sort of takes that step back into the dark side. Did you see the season of Dexter that he was in? Do you watch Dexter? I have not not seen a single episode of Dexter. Dexter is so good. So good. I absolutely love it. But John Lithgow is in it in series four, I want to say. And he's creepy as fucking sin. (laughs) I mean, he is proper like, oh my God, I don't want to leave my house in case I bump into a guy like that creepy. (laughs) But he's really good. I think the first season is available. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the first season at home here, mm-hmm. and if if I get into it, I'll probably start getting the box sets. Yeah. We, we we tend to buy box sets rather than anything else. I've got to say, we we heard a lot of good stuff about Supernatural, and um, Clover bought the first box set of Supernatural, and we absolutely love that. And we've now got the first five sets. Oh. But it's sort of when, when people start telling us, you know, later on in a series, oh, no, this is really good, you've got to get it. That's when we start going, shall we? Shall we? <laughs> yeah, fuck it, go on, let's buy the first season. Have you seen a film called Nine? I wanted to talk to you <gasps> about Nine and I forgot. Yes, I have. I saw, I saw it at the cinema. Did you? I did, yeah. I bet that would have been stunning at the cinema. Oh, it was. It was so... I mean, I remember seeing that film. Um, I got overexcited by it because the trailer had a song by Coed and Cambria in it. And it's a song that I absolutely love. And it just, like, married with the clips from the film so well that I thought, this is going to blow my mind. And then I went to see it and I thought, do you know what? I don't really care that the plot wasn't entirely sensible because it was just so delightful to look at. (laughs) So beautiful. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe how gorgeous those images were on the screen this whole sort of end of the world scenario and these gorgeous little sack creatures and the monsters in it were terrifying oh god that thing with like the the cat's skull for a head no a horrible snake monster thing oh gosh no I... the corpse of one of the sack things as a rattle jesus i would never i i bought that there's like three films in a little box set there's Coraline, oh, monster house and nine and having watched them all I'm damned if I'm going to let Summer watch any of them for at least another five years. <laughs> well, I haven't seen Monster House, but um, Coraline was possibly one of my favourite films of the year that it came out because visually it was amazing. The story was brilliant. It was so creepy. And I think the idea of playing on every child's fear of not having your parents around yeah. is just... oh. And oh, there was a kid... <laughs> when we went to see that at the cinema, we saw that in 3D as well, which was um interesting. I'm not a huge fan of 3D, but um, yeah, it was still pretty good. But there was there was a little kid sat not far behind us who started crying, sort of towards me. Oh, I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> we were like, oh, of course you don't. It's terrifying. <laughs> it is. It is awful. It's 
horrible oh, spidery hand running at oh oh my gosh so nasty the bu- monster house is very funny buttons, though as well the buttons are just so buttons for eyes are just yeah. terrible because they're so dead they're just yeah. shiny and dead and awful yeah. <laughs> now, you know that's based on a book as well yes i've read that i've got the book yeah, yeah. That's, I would never let a kid read that either. <laughs> no, no. And yet it feels very much like a sort of fairy story yeah. type thing. It's weird. There's another one by Clive Barker, who obviously is known for Hellraiser, among most things, which is a similar sort of tale, basically a children's tale about some guy who sort of steals kids' souls. It's called The Thief of Always. Oh if you enjoyed Coraline... Same kind of story. I would recommend The Thief of Always. Awesome. I'll have to mm. check that. I'm going to write that down. I don't know why, because I'm going to edit this later. But... <laughs> yeah, so it'll be there for you to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good one, though. It's a good one. So, yeah, I think I'm about all talked out. I think, frankly, I'm about to cough myself to death. Oh, bless um, you. <coughs> I don't know. Was there anything else that you wanted to... Not particularly. I mean, um, the only thing I wanted to mention, sort of, because I, I do want to try and include more music talk in my podcast. It's just difficult because I haven't actually bought an awful lot lately. Mm. So I would like to quite shamefully, but also slightly proudly admit that I'm actually re- really digging LMFAO's album. <laughs> I feel dirty just saying it because it's the exact kind of music that I should hate and want to throw in the bin. Um, it's just so ludicrously catchy and kind of brilliant. And oh, just silly awesomeness. <laughs> I feel so sad, and uh, and I'm quite sad actually as well that I didn't realise they were playing the Birmingham Academy this Friday, and I'm not going to be able to go because it's sold out. Are, are you able to sort of go outside and just listen at the door? I could try, I suppose, but I am supposed to be at another gig that night, but I don't think I'm going to go. Mm. Well, I I don't actually know LMF LMNOP. Was it L- LMFAO? Laugh my fucking ass off. Is that what it is? Yeah. I I don't know their stuff, so could you do me a favour and actually like uh, as the end credits roll, mm-hmm. can you play one of their songs so that when I listen to this back I can hear it? Okay. And then if it's awful, I can mock you on Twitter. Oh, you you will. I, I'm surprised if you didn't know anything by them though, because a lot of their music is all over adverts and things. Ah, uh, that would be because I hardly ever watch telly. I, I watch stuff on the iPlayer and I watch DVDs and stuff. But okay, I think I think I've got the perfect song for this episode as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, if you're all feeling pooly, I suppose I should shut my mouth and we can go. <laughs> well, if that's all right, I've really enjoyed it, though. I've really enjoyed having a good natter with you. Me too. And, uh, you know, when I run out of friends to record with and, and inevitably go back to the beginning, <laughs> I'm oh. sure I will have you on again in about three weeks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, a joke. I'd love to. I'd love to. Splendid. Is there anything that you would like to plug before we go? I haven't got masses. I mean, obviously, I would love people to come over to Geek Syndicate, www.geeksyndicate.co.uk, and listen to me and my friends chatting on scrolls. Recently, we also recorded something called Geek Invasion, uh, which was a one-off just chatting about the SFX Weekender that a bunch of us went to. A really fun event, uh, and we had a good good long chat. I think probably probably getting on for two hours chat. (laughs) just about the weekend itself but it, it was a good fun episode to record and if you're not necessarily into books but you you know loved hearing me cough and croak and splatter my way through this then you can catch me there too right well to round things off i'm actually going to do a little promotion of myself here it's a rubbish one i'm selling a shitload of my comics because i need money for more of them <laughs> 
<laughs> and when I say a shitload, I don't mean like, you know, 20 or 30. I'm selling off probably pushing on a thousand. So if anybody wants to buy any comics, I, I'm obviously not going to reel off what I've got now because the list, well, list, these are the pages that it's on. <laughs> right. So uh, if you want to buy any of those comics you've just heard, <laughs> or if you'd like to be on the parlour in the not-too-distant future, or if you'd like to write to me to tell me to shut the fuck up, uh, you can drop me an email. It's stacysparlour at gmail.com, or you can drop me a line on the Twitter. Uh, I'm on there as StaceBobT. I am doing pretty good rates for these comics because I'm so splendid, and they also come with bags and boards, so, you know, pretty awesome. Yes, buy my things please <laughs> um, are you selling the 12 do you know what that was on my list of things to sell but then <laughs> but then written written right next to it was wait until issue 12 comes out and then put trade on wish list <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of things that say put trade on wish list but the one thing actually that i'm really going to try and push because i really want to get the trades of this but i don't want to particularly get it until i get rid of the um <laughs> of the actual floppy copies yeah. is i've got issues 1 to 23 of proof which is brilliant, and if you haven't read it, you really should, and you can buy it from me. <laughs> Hooray! I'm going to stop trying to sell my wares now. So, yeah, thank you for joining us in the parlour for episode two, and thank you, Dion, for coming on even though you feel like death. Oh, thanks it's, for having me. It's thanks. nice to know that you mean that I mean that much to you, that you would come on feeling awful. Oh, anything. Power through it. Good stuff. So, I've been Stace, this has been the parlour, and I shall see you next month. Oh, can you just do that the entire time? I feel like I'm underwater. I love yeah, it. no problem. Every so often, I'll just do that, and we, we can have some sort of bing noise. I tell you what, every time I say trollop. <laughs> <laughs> should, I, should I go bing or blubble? <laughs> I quite like the blubbles, to be honest. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, don't die. I try not to. I'll be really upset if you die on my podcast, I'll be honest. it is is what bothers me the most is greeting imaginary people i feel like a bit of a twat going hi welcome to my show when there's no one there uh but you know there will be people there don't you i can just talk to my captain americas maybe yeah <laughs> hi, Cap. <laughs> exactly pretend you're talking to captain america don't call him cap don't ask how bucky is but other yeah, than that you know sorry. look at cap and pretend you're talking to him do you think he gets offended when people call him cap i think he'd get offended if people called him what is it a dutch cap that, that would be bad. I don't know what that means. Is it a contraceptive? Okay. I, I might be wrong. I was wondering if it was something rude. No, it's, it's like that. You um... like, Dion, your trollop. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. There you go. I am D B. Oh, you absolute charmer. Sorry. I'm so used, you see, on comic racks to hearing you girls all sort of burping and farting and coughing. Did we ever farted on air, did we? Yeah. <laughs> I may have let go of a sneaky one, but I doubt you would have heard it. <laughs> I would rather have a slanket and feel slightly, you know, special. Slutty. Yeah. Slut in a slanket. Exactly. A trollop in a tranket. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, how I love the word trollop. Do you know what got me uh, going a bit? That was the fact that I was watching, I watched The Daily Show and then The mm. Colbert Report and they both used the word trollop. <laughs> and I just couldn't stop laughing because John Stewart is a man who I think, if I was older, I would most definitely fancy. Oh, yeah. And he said trollop and it made my day. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat a dollop of trollop, really, can you? <laughs> oh, dear. That should be the new tagline for my podcast. <laughs> Anyway, let's steer it back on topic again. There's a park Asterix in France, so there ought to be a park Tintin in Belgium. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. I think it would be. You, you'd go there and, well, actually, you're thinking about it. What would you do in a park Tintin? <laughs> do you know, that is a good question. I, I'm suddenly struggling to think what you do in a park Asterix, to be honest. <laughs> I suppose you. I suppose you could sort of punch Romans. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't know if that's like PC in these in this day and age, but you know. yeah, possibly not. Possibly. I'm just. I'm sorry if I keep going quiet, but I've just seen something in this room that looks suspiciously like a spider's egg sack, and now I'm really panicking. <laughs> I don't like it. Where is it? Is it reachable? Slap it with some slippers. I can't. What if all the what if all the little spiders burst out and eat my face? Okay, right. Here's what you got to do: cigarette lighter. Why would I have a cigarette lighter? Um, to light things with. <laughs> okay, matches. Have you got matches? No, we don't light things in this house because me and Rich are clumsy. <laughs> uh-huh. You're just going to have to slap it with a slipper. I'm frightened. I might text Rich in a bit and ask him to poke at it with a stick later. Have a jam jar and a bit of cardboard. Oh, blue spiders. Blue. Oh, I feel ill now. Anyway, what were we saying? You want to see some of the spiders we've got here, mate? I'm telling you, I they really will eat your face off. I really don't want to. Sexy and I know it. I'm 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 sexy and I know it. I'm
Check it out. Check it out. Wiggle, 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 yeah. Wiggle, 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 yeah. Wiggle, 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 yeah. Wiggle, 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 yeah, yeah. Do the wiggle, man. I do the wiggle, man. Yeah. I'm sexy and I know it. Hey! Yeah!